0: Lund coast to coast, peanut butter and toast. Probing in the lane, fading away, whoopsie-doo, don't mind if I do. In transition, denied by Hoyling. DeCam says, give me that, a pick two for Northwestern. Spot of three on the way,
1: bang
0: for Noah in the Erickson center erupts.
1: Spread the love around, corner, pocket, cash for Lund. Guess who's back? Back, 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 again. back Wow. Guess who's back. We knew it potentially could be a very entertaining and exciting weekend, but I don't think many people thought it could live up to what it ended up being. So much to chew on in this recap pod for week three action across the UMAC. Ryan alongside Wyatt, as always. Wyatt, we are recording this on Sunday evening. How are you doing? How's the weekend?
0: Well, I mean... It- how do you think the weekend's been going after what just happened earlier today? I mean, we're not going to talk about it and bring it up, but there was a certain game going on. It was a bad weekend for Vikings all around. Let's just look at it that way, and we'll get into that in a little bit. But uh, the Minnesota Vikings is not, not the greatest uh, effort there against the Giants, so that is what it is. But uh, anyways, no, besides that, I'm good. Time to uh, get the C's and the P's out in this episode. Like we promised, it's going to be more of a challenge, I think, than I realized coming into this, because I thought... We We'd get a little bit more separation and some of the results didn't go the way I thought it would. So I'm interested to hear your thoughts on that. But there's certainly a lot of games to dive into, no question about that.
1: There absolutely is Wyatt and folks just hang on, because I think Wyatt, we're not really gonna get to that maybe till a little later on. The season the peas that are that is, excuse me, the contenders and the pretenders. So just hang on, because we're gonna kinda lay out thoughts on each team and then just quickly at the end make our proclamations official, if you will.
0: Correct. But we still got to get to it at some point is what I'm saying. We do. We're we're going to do it. So I I wasn't trying to say we're going to do it right off the top, but uh, it it is forthcoming. So, yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, So men's games were first. Do we start there since they, you know, we previewed those ones first coming into the weekend. Do do you want to start there and go over that before we go to the women's side?
1: That absolutely works for me. There is uh, plenty to talk about from, you know, Friday night the 13th, Wyatt, I There's Friday oh the 13th hope. stuff. Ugh. I don't even know what that connects to. I didn't even really hear about it until <laughs> Friday. I wasn't even thinking about it in our preview pod. I mean, did anything bad happen to you on Friday night? Thankfully, you no. Okay I,
0: I didn't even realize it was Friday the 13th <laughs> until, like, the afternoon. But, yep. <laughs> uh, yeah, no, it's it's a thing. It's like the horror movie. Yeah, I mean, it is what it is. But uh, I don't yeah, no. watch
1: those movies anyway, so I'm kind of out of touch that's,
0: with that. that. I was going to say, that's probably why you had no idea what it was then. But, uh, no, I was good. I'm glad to hear you're obviously alive and doing well. So, apparently, you made it through okay, too. But, uh, yeah, it was uh, very scary for some teams on Friday. There's no question about that. And where, where do you want to start from that night?
1: Yeah, I mean, when I'm just looking at the results here on the UMAC website, you already mentioned them earlier, so I guess we could just start at the top with those Vikings. and Hey, the one win the
0: one, The one win. Uh, the, one, on the, the, one win. <laughs> the one
1: win for any Viking squad this weekend happened for Coach Garvin's club to remain unbeaten in UMAC play. They moved to 4-0 North Central on the other side of things. The squad they were playing on the road at Downtown U. With the loss in that matchup, the Rams fell to a record of – well, this isn't right. Sorry, I gotta refresh this here. I'm trying to do math. I got back. the Rams uh so they, at they the followed a two and, and two with the loss. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Yep, and then they ended up winning again later in the weekend. But anyways, yeah, with that they went to two and two.
1: And the storyline in this one, Wyatt, was you could argue plenty would say, I would say it that Micah Filer is their best player, their most important player. He did not play in the action on Friday night. So yeah. that obviously matters. Well,
0: uh, yeah, no question it matters. Now, I don't know if it would have made a difference in the game necessarily. I, I mean, Bethany's one of those teams, they just show up and uh, they don't care who they're playing against. They go out, and they're going to score a lot of points. And we, we saw it again here. We saw that later in the weekend, which we'll get to. I'm going to keep my thoughts on just this game for now. I, I mean, Bethany, again, the balance is just shining night in and night out. I mean, uh, Madsen goes for 23 in this one. I mean, Hunter Nielsen, a guy that's on my fantasy team, they haven't even really needed him to score much this year, Ryan, or, or do that no. much. Just, uh, it, that's, that's almost – you could argue he's been less productive from that standpoint this year – than he was last year. And they're better as a team this year because of it. You know what I mean? So it's kind of interesting to see how that works and that development. They shot the three ball really well against North Central, too, which, I mean, if you shoot over 50% on the road in, in, in that kind of a game, you're more than likely going to win. So that was good to see if you're Bethany. And then on the flip side, I mean, North Central, again, without Micah Filer playing, it's kind of like Crown with Cade Carroll, which we'll get to in a little bit. They're a different team when you, you don't have your best player. I, I don't really know what more there is to say about this one. If, if, if you would have told me going into the matchup, North Central wasn't going to have Micah Filer out there, I would have said Bethany would win. I, I maybe wouldn't have said they would have won by you know, 30 like they did, but I would have said they would have won pretty convincingly.
1: Yeah, I absolutely agree. I mean, it's real tough sledding for North Central not having Mike on the floor, and hopefully he's back soon. I don't know exactly what's going on with him since he didn't play at all this weekend, more on their second game in a little bit. But, yeah, that's really, really tough. And I don't know on the Nielsen bit, Wyatt, I don't even think it's anything necessarily against him getting a chance to see them in person this weekend. I mean, they set up a lot of stuff for – you know sag doll and then you know kicking out to shooters like shrub and madsen that space the floor and jack has the ball in his hands a lot and mason ackley at times as well so it's just there are only so many mouths to feed and they are not an offense too often that's just going to slow things down lob it into hunter and just say go to work like he can do that from time to time i saw him do that from time to time and again we'll get to that one more in a little bit and their matchup against Northwestern. But, yeah, I mean, he only plays 18 minutes. Like you mentioned, he doesn't do a lot Friday nights. not because he was in foul trouble even. Picks up five points and eight boards, but he's just not the focal point. So he's out there as a rim protector, and he does a lot of good things. But there's uh, lots of guard talent on this squad that kind of takes over. And when you make seven of nine triples to open the game, that's what they shot from deep early on, it's it's tough. And uh, I'm going to talk more about Bethany's – three-point attack in a little bit. So.
0: Yeah, yeah. again, we can just keep our thoughts for this game for now and then maybe as a whole once we get to the Saturday ones. But good win for Bethany. They just kept moving after Friday night, got to 4-0 with that one. Very, very solid squad, so that's for sure. Do you want to just keep moving down and go to the next one then, so Superior and Crown as it's listed on the website? That absolutely works, Wyatt. And what was the storyline coming into this one? <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> we didn't. So we both picked Superior in this game, Correct. We did. And that stands. So we got the pick correct. Well, obviously that stands, yeah. Of course. (laughs) You know, Kate Carroll played, and remember what I said beforehand. I said if he played even a minute, I wanted to have Crown. Well, it's a good thing that I ended up getting (laughs) Superior because he played, and they still got beat by 11. So this is more impressive, I think, for Superior than it is, you know, disappointing for Crown. I mean – Here's the other thing. Overall, looking at the numbers for for Cade this weekend, you could tell it, it kind of would appear that he, he's a guy that hasn't been on the court for a while, wouldn't you agree? And he's got to get that oh, rhythm yeah. and that flow back. So, so there's that aspect to it too. But I mean, a, again. I want to talk about Superior and just how impressive they've been. What another just standout weekend. I mean, Ferenholz goes for 18 in this one. I mean, another guy like Javon Walker, yeah, he doesn't even get to double digits, but he impacts the game, dishing the ball out. He's hitting the glass. I I was looking through uh, some of the numbers in this one, And the biggest thing that stands out is Crown shooting 24-3, Superior shooting 11. So Superior, you know what that tells me is Superior's getting easier looks on offense and they're not having to settle or force shots from the outside. So why is Crown struggling as they kind of have been all year to get good looks inside or get high percentage opportunities? That seems to be the common theme still.
1: It's a great question. I uh, wish I could give you a great answer, but I wasn't able to watch the game. And, you know, if you told Crown you shoot 50% from the field in this ball game, you're at 39 at recess and Cade's back, you like your chances. But, I mean, just a massive second half from Superior to pull away in a game where they scored darn near 90 and it's just so different. And I know it sounds like we're beating a dead horse, but the offense for the Jackets, wide is on a different level this season and that's huge credit to coach Polkowski and their staff after they you know don't have some huge pieces that they had on last year's squad the offense hasn't been a problem whatsoever and they can win games now where the opposition is still scoring 70 plus 75 near 80 points they're saying we can do that and we can find ways to win games like that so Wyatt you know if we could go back and say Cade's not just going to play He's going to start, and he's going to play 31 minutes. Mm -hmm. Would you ever say that, oh, yeah, the Jackets are still going to win by double figures? I mean, that's that's impressive.
0: That's just it. I I mean, this is a team now where I feel like the first thing, maybe not the first thing you think of, because their defense is still really good, and they got a lot of other pieces, but the offense, something that you wouldn't have even really brought up that much in the past, it's one of the first things you notice with some of these games now and some of their scores. I mean, they shot over 50% from the field on the road. So kind of like what Bethany did to North Central, Superior goes on the road against a good opponent, and they do the same thing. They put up points in the mid to upper 80s and shoot over 50%. It's just really impressive to do that on the road in conference, no matter who you're playing, let alone a team like Crown. So uh, I think this is more about Superior than it is about Crown, honestly.
1: And we will have more about Superior soon, and then especially with the season P's, I'm uh, very interested to hear your thoughts on the big picture Mm -hmm. for a Jackets team that uh, may be in the thick of it, and I'll just leave it there. We'll circle back to that later. You're
0: definitely teasing it. I like it. I like it. We're we're making people hold up and wait. Also, just really quick with the predictions, we said 25 for 7 was the goal. We went 22 for 10, Ryan. I mean, considering some of the results that happened this weekend, I would say that's pretty good, all things considered. I mean, it wasn't what we wanted, but I'll I'll take it.
1: Yeah, I hear a combined 22 and 10 with the two of us combined, and I think, ah, we should be better than that. But you're right. I mean, there's so many results, and we're going to get to one of them, especially that was an eye-popping one moment, that it's like, who would have in their right mind predicted that? I mean, we didn't have a crystal ball to see some of these, for sure. (laughs)
0: So this was one you saw in person. You saw both the Northwestern teams as usual in person when they play their home games. They beat Martin Luther 89 to 57. I won't have a whole lot to say about this one. Anything that stood out from this one specifically, I know we'll talk a lot about their game Saturday.
1: No. I mean, we talked about it in the preview. It felt like a good get-right spot. The biggest thing was they shot 35 of their 66 field goal attempts from downtown because Martin Luther was playing a 2-3 and the Eagles just said, fine, we're going to shoot over the top. I mean, the headliner is Caleb Hoylein dropped a 30-burger a few Mm -hmm. weeks ago to set a career high and he broke it on Friday night and was just doing whatever he wanted. Didn't miss from deep, didn't miss from the line, had 33 points and eight boards. So... He was the story, and it was a good one for Northwestern to get back on track. Plenty more on them in a moment. And, uh, yeah, tough tough season right now for Martin Luther. There's no way around it.
0: Yeah, no, the, that's just it. And I obviously I, – Caleb Boylein, I'm going to have a lot to say about him in a little bit, like you said. So we'll we'll get to that when we talk about their game on Saturday. And then lastly, it was Northland spoiling – the big weekend for Minnesota Morris—they beat them uh, 75 to 71. And uh, is this officially the podcast curse now, Ryan? We talked about this last year. <laughs> don't, Sometimes don't so, don't well, no, put that listen, into the ether. Just don't listen. do it. Sometimes it worked really well for people, too, though. So, you know, it would go good and it would go bad. So it it went both ways. But uh, obviously we had Coach Paul Grove on, and he talked about how important this weekend was. And it just goes to show how deep the UMAC is, and you can't uh, take anything uh, for granted night in and night out. So Northland gets the win. I was going through the play uh, by play here, and honestly, Morris led for the majority of this game and had an opportunity down the stretch. Northland started to pull away. And who is it? Langston Flowers knocking down the three with nine seconds left to put them up by four. End the game, basically. Seal it. So congratulations to him. Congratulations to Northland. What a win on the road to knock off a previously undefeated Minnesota Morris team. So to to be down at six, too, at, at the half on the road like that, that takes a lot of guts to come back and win that game and uh, pull that one out.
1: Absolutely. I mean, we've talked about it in the past, Wyatt, and what we saw with the opening weekend of UMAC play season ago feels like they got it in them for at least a game or two of ones you wouldn't necessarily expect that is for northland college picking up a win in a game where the the quote-unquote underdog if we want to put it that way and you know i will say Wyatt, going back to our conversation with coach paul grove last week appreciate his time enjoyed that you know we did talk about a guy off the bench who maybe isn't a huge Mm -hmm. headliner kenny Kenny Placide did, mm-hmm. did you see what Kenny did in this game
0: well it's interesting because clearly he's not shy to get involved in the offense he shot the second most attempts in the game 10 for 13 which is incredible he also Feed grabbed the six man. boards he only played 20 minutes too so I mean the production in 20 minutes uh pretty remarkable so I'm glad you brought him up and then obviously Carnegie did his thing too but outside of those two kind of a rough showing for everybody else
1: well, in the number that just jumps off the page, and it starts with Noah because he attempted the most on the team that is from yeah. downtown. He's one of seven. The difference, Wyatt, you talk about the three ball late for Flowers for Northland, big time shot on the road, 48% from Deed. Yeah. Morris, 9% at two of 21. I mean, that's the ball game right there. If you have that big of a discrepancy, there's not going to be many times that you're going to be able to win a basketball game.
0: Not only that, Northland went into their gym, outrebounded them forty-four to thirty-three. So yeah. you, you out-rebound a team like that, who who wants to be known for their grit, toughness, and uh, compete like that, and you're able to do that in their gym. Just all around, really impressive for the Lumberjacks in this one on Friday night. Also, I mentioned Langston Flowers already. Right? Jordan and Brennan too. Those two, they were seven for nine from three-point land together. So dynamite. They can continue to do that. I mean, they they could beat anybody in, in this conference if they can shoot that well. So they, they delivered when they needed to.
1: I'm glad you mentioned the rebounding number, Wyatt. Just real quick, 17 offensive rebounds. I mean, that's just the definition of wanting it more. That's a big
0: number. I wonder, I didn't look close enough. I'm already, I closed the tab out of it. Do they have, like, how many points, like, second chance points they got in that game, if you have it up? Yeah. Because, I mean, that's only the difference 11. right there. It says okay. only 11 that they Still, had. Still. Still, though, with the 17 uh, offensive rebounds, I mean, that's the difference in the game, arguably, right there. I I mean, both teams shot the free throw well. There wasn't really an edge there. So uh, it it was one of those deals where Northland made a couple of shots down the stretch. And uh, like I said, they shot the three ball really well. Morris didn't. So good win for Northland.
1: As we flip over to Saturday, Wyatt, I say – we flipped the order that it's mentioned as on the uh, UMAC website. Let's just stay in Morris. Sure. How about we stay in Morris with the big game they had on yeah. Saturday?
0: So, I mean, we did not get the budget to get there with our <laughs> table and set up ahead of time. This is where game day was going to be, the the big showdown. Both teams ended up being 3-1 and one coming into this matchup. And for the second time on the weekend, we said going to Northwestern, North Central might be the toughest road stretch in, in the conference. I mean, going to Morris and Crown, too, in back-to-back days ain't exactly easy either, and Superior did it, and they won both games. This is another thing, too, and this is why I don't want to overreact with Morris. They lost two games by a combined 10 points this weekend. You know what I mean? So, So even though it's tough and it hurts, if anything, I've earned just the same amount of respect, if not more, for how they played, and they're right in these games. So you're you're not looking at a Morris team in the past where they're going to get uh, run up on and and up and down the court and give up a bunch of points and and get blown out. I just don't get that with this team. So a lot of respect for them for hanging in there. Just another heartbreaking loss for them. And again, Superior, I I mean, look, they they just continually find ways to win games whatever it takes whether it's making free throws which they obviously did very well in this game baron again led the way he's the guy that's going to get the most volume but how about hey yeah, i always bring i always bring this guy up and and you're always like man you like to give him love joey barker there he is again he's got 12 points he he does this every once in a while man where he puts up a decent showing Let Nine him in rebounds, rebounds, 12, 12 points. Nine. Yep. that's huge that's huge and again Morris was out-rebounded in this game. So they got out-rebounded in both games. That's something they're going to have to take a look at, I would say. But, uh, yeah, I-, I mean, just a huge win for Superior, and we'll-, we'll talk about them at the end. Like I said, same with Morris, but Superior's now leapfrogged the Cougars after this weekend in the standings.
1: Yeah, they do it with bigger numbers when they needed it at crown on friday night and then the next day wyatt they kind of lean on their defense more and they don't win this game if they don't force 20 turnovers because morris did a better job not putting up as many three balls they put up 21 on friday night only 14 on saturday but they're 43 from deep they shoot 49 percent from the field you're looking at all these numbers you're saying this adds up they should have a chance you had three different guys each have four turnovers you cough it up 20 times multiple possessions the Cougars wish they could have back, and that can be a difference in a game that you lose at home by six points.
0: Yeah, t- tough weekend for them, but they got to keep their heads up. I mean, it, they're going to have to get right back after here soon, so they, they got a lot to look forward to still and uh, a, a tough one for now for the Cougars. And again, for Superior, congratulations to them. They keep doing their thing, and uh, it's it's another good win for them. I just want to put this into perspective, too. Remember when we had Coach Grove on he said uh, he said the number was five thousand. They could fit in- into Jim Greml's court. Correct.
1: Yes. One
0: hundred and sixty on Saturday. So that's, that gives you a sense. That's not five thousand. That's not five thousand. It gives you a sense of what it's like playing in that gym because of how big it is, and uh, it's 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 a unique experience. That's for sure. But Superior obviously handled it well, and they were able to get in there and get a win and get out. So good weekend for them. That's for sure. Uh, North Central beat Martin Luther. Again, there's probably not a ton to say about this one. Martin Luther, again, both offensively, defensively, they're just not efficient enough. Seth DeVeers did bounce back on Saturday, had a better game, so I appreciate that, Seth, (laughs) going for 17, five boards and uh, one steal in there. Uh, Yeah, it's one of those deals, I, I guess, as a whole, looking at North Central, And the way the season's going for them, again, no Micah Filer. He didn't play all weekend, so we'll see if we get any... That's the story. What's the bigger thing with We'll see exactly if we can get more on that or what it means long-term. But uh, it's one of those deals is, okay, so when you look at their roster, who's going to step up moving forward? You can do it against Martin Luther. Lots of different guys can chip in and score, which a lot of guys did. I mean, their leading scorer had 12 points in Caden Freedley, so... What's from here if Micah can't go? Who are the guys you look to, Ryan, and who are the guys that have to step up for this team? And even when he's on the court, remember, he needs a 2-3 behind him to do damage as well.
1: Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, first off, if it's a long-term injury for him, I think it starts with Cam Thomas, for sure, just what he can do at both ends of the floor, in the paint, stepping out and shooting as well. Tanner Holtman's a good spot-up shooter. And then I think you go from there it's tough guys you know who definitely can score I mean Caden has some nice size and what he did you know Saturday was good in just 19 minutes to pick up a double double but it's tough and I don't know what else to say other than that if you don't have Mike I mean it feels like everything surrounds him even if he's not scoring just as a guy that attracts attention from the defense so uh hopefully he's back on Friday night
0: well, I was gonna say it's it's a uh, important stretch that will be coming up for them here with their next two games too, with with where they're at in the standings. I mean, they're all important, but just looking ahead for them now and what they'll have, uh, y- you hope he's back for for these next two games. They're gonna they're gonna need him. So, yeah, I mean that's that's really all I got. Anything else before we move on for for either of them, Martin Luther? Again, uh, it's one of those things. They just got to find a way to be more efficient. Keep working towards. Whatever you can do to get yourself an opportunity late in a game to p- to potentially steal one, I guess at this point is where I'm at.
1: Absolutely, I couldn't agree more. In North Central, it's it's get healthy, and they had a big statement win last Saturday and, and build off of that. I mean, there's definite bright spots early this season, but you know there's going to be ups and downs with you know a first year head coach for most programs at any stage and level of basketball. So we'll see if they can get him back on Friday.
0: So, Crown puts up 91 on Northland. So, Northland goes from getting that huge win to this, where where yeah. Crown just hammers. I mean, again, maybe this was just the upsettingness of the pollers and just how the season to gone. Remember, they're 0-4 going into this game. They had to have it. Yeah. Had to have it. Must win, no question about that. I can keep them in the hunt still for, for that playoff berth at this point as a 1-4 team versus if they're 0-5, I don't know if I can trust them to, to really do anything. But, again – it wasn't Cade Carroll that really no. did it or contributed. So other guys stepping up. It was the best game of the year by far by Jacob Van Dam. So he's able to put up 21, was very efficient. But again, I keep going back to the three-point number. They shot more threes than twos in this game too. So maybe that's just their identity and they're rolling with it. Even if they're not going to knock down enough of them consistently, they're going to live or die with the three. At this point, that's kind of what it feels like.
1: Yeah, I'd agree, Wyatt. And it's it's been something that you and I have talked about the last couple of years. Like, does it? Makes sense in every situation for them to continually be doing that I don't I don't really know exactly but yeah good to see other guys step up like you mentioned when Cade is still clearly trying to get back into it that's tough. just get back to game speed and back in your groove as he was just two or twelve from the field so other guys picking up the slack hopefully that leads into something obviously not the start that they wanted not the start that lots of people expecting including myself I can say from you know the crown college pollers when you look at Five games in, only having one win. Not many people, I think, would have predicted that. But you got to put your nose to the grindstone, and you got to be road warriors next weekend, and just try to stack some and make something happen. We're late February; you still have an opportunity to grab that number four spot.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And going back to we talked about uh, Langston Flowers, Jordan Brennan. They were seven for nine from three uh, on the first game of the weekend. They shot two attempts. Jordan Brennan was over two. Langston Flowers didn't get a single attempt off in uh the game on saturday so it's, what it's just interesting exactly that's that's what i'm curious how <laughs> how does that happen so uh it's it's a unique situation but northland still two and three certainly right in the thick of things no question uh, about that so we'll, we'll have to wait and see what happens for them no that's that's for sure so This was the second game. uh, If if game day wouldn't have gone to Morris, it it would have been right here for this one. And and to be honest, if you looked at the schedule at the beginning of the year, you would have thought it would have been going here anyways. You know, it's the Northwestern-Bethany matchup. I have a lot of thoughts just from looking at the box score and uh, seeing some of the highlights. I'm curious, obviously, what your thoughts are. I'm going to turn it over to you. You watched the game in person. Bethany's O has got to go. they're four and one <laughs> Northwestern gets the win and do they prove that the conference still runs through them? what what are your thoughts after this performance?
1: Yeah, I kind of want to hand it back to you Wyatt, just because I want to oh, okay. hear your, your thoughts from the other side and then I can maybe add some more context to it. Would you be willing to go that direction? Because sure, otherwise I'll just sure. I'll just ramble and this will get out of control.
0: So so the most impressive part about this win and I think I texted you this ov- over the weekend, uh, Bethany, Turned the ball over only four times, Ryan. And -hmm. Northwestern held them under 80 and won the game. Like, that's so impressive for Northwestern because Bethany is a team normally when you beat them or or you get them into trouble, it's because they're self-inflicting themselves or playing too quick, all this stuff. That wasn't really the case. And and Northwestern's able to win the game. So that's extremely impressive. And, And at this point... Is Caleb Hoyleen the most valuable player? We talked about Kyle came in coming into the year, and he's great at times when he's on his game and he's his best. But I'm willing to say at this point, Caleb Hoyleen is more valuable. Just with the way the season's mm-hmm. been progressing, I think it showed on Friday night. He had another good showing here. Uh, it was, I think Henry had the monster jam, too, on the pick and roll. And the game yep. was still close at that point, too. So that was a huge uh, momentum uh, t- turn to Northwestern down the stretch as well. But, but more importantly, I want to focus on that Caleb Hoyleen and Kyle Kaming thing. They're both great players, but who who's the guy it, late in the game? Because, I mean, that was something we talked about leading up to this. Is it one of those? Is it somebody else? I mean, who, who's going to get the opportunities and what happened in this game with it being so close down the stretch?
1: Yeah, a lot of stuff there. Um... So you're saying, like hypothetically, it's a it's an ISO spot out of the timeout where Northwestern's going to drop a play for somebody and they need a shot late in the game.
0: Yeah, I I guess even if it's not ISO, just who who do you want taking a sure. shot? Who do you want to go to in that spot?
1: Yeah, I mean they were both really good um, on Saturday. I don't think you can go wrong either direction. What makes Caleb good so good too? His release point, I mean, it's so high up. It feels like it's near 7 feet. I don't know how high it would mm-hmm. be because he's six six or whatnot. But it, it's just so tough to defend. And both of them are really, really good. They especially did this in the first half multiple times, fading away, you know, over the top. Like, I don't know how you're going to defend it. I mean, unless you're just an absolute giant of a defender who has good length. So both of them have that. Um Caleb, I would say is maybe better. Like if he gets it on the block being patient, like his footwork is fantastic and like finding a way to get it back to his right hand. I mean, he's really good off the window, but you know, Kyle has definitely some moves as well. He's maybe better just straight line downhill. I would say he's actually better if you give it to him, you know, right wing, left wing extended, and it's just take one or two dribbles and get to the tin and finish through contact. I like Kyle better in that spot, but if Caleb has the time, we saw it early in the game. We saw it some in the second half as well. If they're not going to bring a double, like he's just, he's eating people alive right now. And he's got so many different moves that he can get to. And again, the footwork is what I think about when he gets near the paint or in the paint. It's fantastic. Um, so they both have a lot of good stuff. I. I don't know. I mean, if if there's one or two of them, they're both playing really good right now. I guess you could say for right now, in totality for Northwestern, it's Caleb with how he's played over the last two, three weeks. He's been dynamite. and I mean, getting really anything that he wants offensively, and then he can also kick out, and in the flow of the offense, he's not going to hesitate. He's going to take a three. He had a really good game on Saturday, and he didn't even make a three. And he only shot four three balls the whole weekend. So it's like yeah. he doesn't need that, but he absolutely can do that for this Northwestern offense.
0: So, so then what are your thoughts overall uh, about what this means with the result? Because, I mean, Northwestern, uh, obviously they led in the second half pretty much since, you know, that dunk happened down the stretch. That was huge. And they were able to slowly build the lead up and then they, they got up by seven and then Bethany made close. But Northwestern, it just felt like they were going to win. The atmosphere, I'm sure, was rocking, hoops, hysteria, all that good stuff. So they get the win. What does it mean moving forward for both of these teams?
1: Yeah, I mean, the biggest thing for me, Wyatt, I don't want to, you know, make this sound like a whole overreaction thing, but I mean, I'm just being honest with what I've seen. I follow them as best as I can when they're not at home, but I can see them in person at the Erickson Center, okay, throughout the season. During this year, this game, and I especially said it, you know, with what they did up when the first timeout was called six, seven minutes in, I think I said it, and then at the end of the first half, like, This is the best Northwestern has played in the gym, and it's not even close. I mean, how locked in they were from the jump, not hesitating at all with their looks, hitting open looks. I've told you before, they've had a lot of games where they've had open looks for good stretches and not been able to make anything. I mean, we saw that against North Central. We saw that for a stretch against Morris in that second half when the Cougars came back. For whatever the reason was, they just seemed more dialed in, and especially the defensive game plan wide. It showed that they can slow down a really high potent attack with their length and trusting on their helpability. What do I mean by that? They were willing to, and it happened multiple times in the first half, not just you know a closeout, try to get a hand up late. Run at guys at the three-point line. Run at them and make the Drew Sagdolls of the world, the Jax Madsons of the world, put the ball on the floor and say, you're going to have to beat us going to the tin, pulling up, shooting a a floater, excuse me, whatever it may be. And there are multiple times, I remember a couple of them with Kyle and Micah, where they're running at guys and they are basically saying, I'm going to get beat. I'm running at him with no intention to stay in front of him. I'm going to work back in the play eventually, but my teammates are going to fill in with help defense, and they're not going to beat us from deep. What did we just talk about what Bethany did on Friday night against North Central? They make seven of their first nine three balls. Jax Madsen goes off, and they dominate that game from deep. They're just four of 15 from downtown in this ball game. So I know you point out the turnover number wide, and that's true because Northwestern also did a great job. It's not like some Bethany teams of old where we see some spurts and they're getting some transition buckets here and there where it's like, oh, we got to call timeout because this game's just getting too frantic back and forth. For the most part, Northwestern played it on their terms. If Bethany's intentions were coming in, we're going to play a really fast game back and forth and really push the basketball like they like to do so, like Coach Garvin told us. Back in November when we talked to him, that didn't happen. Now, they're still really, really good. They can run offense in the half court and make things happen. And Mason and Ackley, for large portions of the game, when they needed to get someone going downhill, take advantage of a size matchup, and make a shot over the top, it was him. Drew Sagdahl walking into some jump shots where it's like, what do you do? But super off day for Jacks. I mean, you mentioned the night that he had with 23.7 boards. I think he had to lead the way against North Central on Friday. Totally different story against Northwestern on Saturday. What they did against Bethany's three point shooting was fantastic from a Northwestern defensive standpoint. I mean, they executed to a T what their goal was coming in. Make them beat us in something that is not from deep. So, to circle this all up and shut up so I can hand it back to you because this is too long. What does this tell you about Northwestern? They got it in them. I probably should. I was wrong in questioning some things to start with, Wyatt, where I told you it's going to take this and this and this for them to win. But quite honestly, I think they played at their A level. And if it wasn't their A level, it was nothing worse than A-. And they still beat Bethany by just four. That tells you how good Bethany is when it wasn't their best no. shooting day, which in large, large part was due to Northwestern's defense. Don't get me wrong. Jack said an off day, and there's some things they wish they could change. But Northwestern had it in them at a level I haven't seen close to this year. So, job well done to Coach Groves and his staff and the players for turning it on and delivering when they needed to do so.
0: So here's where we're at with the men's standings. You got Bethany at four and one, Superior four and one. They're still at the top with Superior going two and zero. Bethany splitting this weekend. Three teams at three and two. It's just it's just a huge just melting pot basically up there at the top just throw everybody in there North Central's 3 and 2 Morris is 3 and 2 Northwestern's 3 and 2 Northland's 2 and 3 right behind them and then you you got Crown at 1 and 4 in 7th Martin Luther in 8th at 0 and 5 do you want to do the men's side the contenders pretenders just end everything on that side for yeah. now before we get to the women's side
1: doesn't that feel easier? Because otherwise, I I'm so. just going to forget all of it. I think yeah. so.
0: So I don't know how you approached it. We're just looking at this from you know who the t- contenders to win the whole thing. Win, win the who could cut tournament. down the nets. Yep. And the way I did it was I got three on each side at this point, which is going to make some fan bases mad. And yes, you could Ooh. technically go win it if I don't include you in there. But I, I did it for the sake. of... Uh, of just the talking point the storyline all of that stuff because again if i just say everybody's a contender that's not <laughs> very much fun so i i narrowed it down to three i don't know how many you have how many do you have
1: yeah i got three as well and okay. i think we have the same three i think on the men's side it's
0: well it's I'll clearer give, i'll give the first two right away because i think we both would have bethany and superior as, yep. as contenders, correct? Yep. So they're, they're Cs. Give them the Cs. Which Believe
1: it or not, Bethany is still a contender. Yes, it, folks, they lost. It, they're human, but...
0: It, in this case, <laughs> a C is better than an A. We want the Cs. Give them the contender... Uh, yeah, both of them uh, uh, looking great. Uh, they're clear-cut uh, as two contenders. Superior continues to impress. Bethany absolutely is uh, still a contender. Again, it says a lot about them, the fact they only lost this game by four, and they probably got Northwestern's best shot you know, on their, yeah. on their home floor. So uh, I'm not yep. worried about Bethany, but what Superior's done to win five straight is really impressive too. So they're absolutely a contender as well, which means we each have one left, and you said it'd be the same one. Who do you got?
1: Well, I'd I'd be shocked if it's you know. Not UNW.
0: So you have Northwestern, is what you're saying? Yeah. Yes. And you think I have Northwestern too?
1: Yeah. You're, why, this why is would all, you be, Why this, would you be this, shocked? Though? This is all a ruse. It's Why,
0: why would you be shocked? You can't fool me. Give me your reasoning.
1: You can't fool me.
0: Well, I'm curious. Why would you be shocked? Give so Morris
1: reasoning. Morris was three and all coming in. You made a good point where the two games they lost this weekend were by a combined 10 Uh points. Uh huh. But Northwestern just had the biggest win of the season in the most recent thing we're looking at that just happened yesterday from when we're recording now. You're not going to not say Northwestern. And you're not going to say North Central,
0: I don't think. I got Northwestern. I just was wondering why (laughs) you would would say you'd be shocked. I wanted your reasoning behind
1: it. Well, because I know you, and, like, you kind of said this a little more, you know, on mic, off mic as well, where I thought there was a possibility, and I heard some people say this after the game, Northwestern people, yeah, I thought we were either going to lose by double digits or win a close game, and they won a close game. Yeah. So I don't want to also put too much into that because they still have issues and things they need to work through, and here's the reality for Northwestern now, Wyatt. Every single UMAC game has been in the friendly confines. So that means you yeah. got a lot of road games coming up. They're not gonna be back home at the Erickson Center till the 10th of February. So now you're feeling good after a nice weekend, but you gotta take that on the road. Okay. You're gonna be gone, pack a suitcase and pack a lunch and brave for impact over the last month. Okay. Not the last month, the next month, I should say. And then we still got some more games. It changed when you go on the road. So we'll see if they can carry it there. I don't even wanna seriously knock Morris or North Central, because here's the deal. They can still get into the dance and anything can happen at that point. We'll make more predictions at that time. But we're saying right now, try contenders to cut down the nets. I'm looking at this, Wyatt, from the standpoint of the teams that play their A or next to A, maybe B-plus at worst level. Look at all of them at that level. When looking at those teams play that way, who has the chance to win it? That's how I'm looking at it.
0: I hear you. No, it's it's all good reasoning. And, and for Morris and North Central, like, Morris would be as close as that next one goes. I would say then, you know, you start to get down the line. I think Morris was the other so, one So they're above
1: North Central.
0: I have them above North Central. There's something off about North Central. I don't know what it is. There's something missing, though, and I just don't see that team right now as a true contender to go win it. And it doesn't have to do with Micah not playing the last two games. It doesn't help, but there's more to it. There's just something about them right now. I can't figure out what it is exactly, but they just don't seem like the kind of team that's going to, as you said, play back-to-back games in 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 the conference tournament and put it together and be two really quality opponents. I just don't see it, I guess.
1: It feels like it would have to be their defense then, which I yeah. I'm still uberly impressed with what they did defensively a few weeks ago against Northwestern. So it's it's in them, and there are things that I've seen from them that I didn't necessarily expect to see this early in the season. So it's tough. But if we can only have three teams as true Cs, contenders, I think everyone can understand why we have those three. Not that people people can disagree, okay, White. I'm not saying that, you know what you should agree with us and this is why it makes sense. No, you can just Bulletin board material. That's fine. But we have the same three as true contenders on the men's side.
0: Absolutely. So there you go. There's our C's and P's. And again, like Ryan just said, use it as bulletin board material if you need to. Long way to go. I mean, we may have to redo this at the end of the, you know, or towards the end of the regular season. As the playoff race gets going, as far as making the playoffs go, I got seven teams on the men's side. I I, I think are still alive for it. I think Crown yeah. still is at one and four. They're only two games out of a potential spot, and, and Martin Luther obviously would be the one team I would say they're they're probably not going to be in contention well, at this point. So,
1: and real quick, Wyatt, before we move to the women's side, I know they're different in record by two games, and that's a big deal at this point. Through only five, and that pops out when you're looking at the standings online. But I mean, is Crown really that much different now than a Morris or a North Central now that they have Cade back? I get the records worse, and that's what hurts for them is they got more work to do and tiebreakers and all those shenanigans where they're going to have to win in more spots just to get in. But I also look at that too as far as are you a true contender. Then it would be, can you get in? And then it's you're going to have to win a really tough game on the road in likelihood potentially against the number one seed in the semifinals. So, I mean, the the climb is tall for crown especially if we are talking about them getting back to the championship like they did a season ago
0: yeah no and, and keep that in mind for when we get to the women's side here and we go through this that's that's going to be the same reasoning obviously like when we go through that it's it's not going to change from you know one one side of the league to the other so that that's kind of how we're looking at this and, and, and our reasoning and the criteria behind it so okay that's that's on the men's side. I don't even want to mention fantasy basketball, except for this. There, there is one thing we need to talk about. Do you want to each pick one new player? Because, you know, as we get to the women's side, it, it sounds like you might be in need of, of a new player yourself. And then it, it might be fair to allow me to take a new player, too. We'll talk about that maybe a little bit more if you want at, at some point. But keep that in the back of your mind. That's all I'll say about fantasy uh, for tonight. If you want to dive into it, feel free but uh, we did say at the beginning of the year that we might, you know, have exceptions for picking and dropping players throughout the year, and this might might be a case. So,
1: wait, you would have a new men's player?
0: It doesn't have to be. Uh, again, we could talk about it more. But if you get to take one on the women's side, I should get to choose. I feel like on either side, you know what I mean? Okay. That that's the okay, way yeah, I look. Um, unless you want to keep it just the women's side uh, uh, alone, and, and you know, Mr. Matthew Bauman has has thrown this idea out there as well. So. Uh, sure. he, he can, uh, fill us in on maybe what his idea is for it, I guess, but I, yeah. I, it's up to you is all I'm saying. So,
1: yeah, we can, we can get to the one side after we recap that side, but yeah, I mean, men's side, you got some work to do. I'll, I'll just leave it there. I like what my squad's doing, but I also got nothing from Micah this weekend. So that's you know, yeah. Hopefully that's, that changes <laughs>
0: and hopefully he's okay. And, and you yeah. know, it, it's one of those things again for, for a lot of reasons. So, Okay. With that being said, with that being the case, let's hop on over, make the switch over to the women's side, and let's go from top to bottom starting with Friday. So Northwestern beats Martin Luther on Friday at home. They moved a 4-0 in conference play, but your Knights uh, did give them a test, and and you were there to see this game. I don't know if we can officially call them your Knights anymore, I guess, but uh, they did give them a test, and Northwestern comes away with the win. What did you see in this one? I'll, I'll let you start.
1: Yeah, I said it Friday night. I'll say it right now. It was not your typical 3-0 and versus 0-3 team. And I know we may hear that sometimes and be like, ah, this person's just trying to make me interested in this game that's not going to be interesting. No. like Northwestern had a really good start again where they have a 12-point lead after the first quarter. Martin Luther pushes back and makes it more interesting going into the second half. They were using a 1-3-1 that was giving Northwestern fits. It took them a little while to figure it out. The Eagles eventually were able to figure it out after a slow start. Lexi Hagen started to get things going a little bit. Northwestern got on a little run with the three ball and then cooled down and finished at just 38%. But you know what, why there's so many different options for this team. And I'm serious. Like people may say you're full of garbage. It was an off night seriously for Lexi Hagen. It took her a while to get her shot in control, but she still finishes the night eventually with 15 points and 14 boards. So if that's not a good case for her to be player of the year like we've talked about in past podcasts, and I don't know what is, and it's still going to be a while before we determine that. But she feels like, Wyatt, she's about as consistent as it gets on the woman's side of the UMAC. And then the bench scoring for Northwestern, it's been a story so far this season. It's a story this weekend, not just in Friday night's game, but Saturday night's game as well that we'll get to. 35 of their 72 is off the bench. Two players off the bench are in double figures. So we, you've talked about it before, Wyatt, and made the good point of, you know, they're going at a rotation of 8, 9, 10 players. Just because you're in the starting lineup doesn't mean you're going to play a ton necessarily. They're going to rotate everyone near that 20-minute mark, maybe yeah. a little over that, a little under it. I mean, look at Grace Landvik. She plays less than Riley Hershey, and Hershey came off the bench. I mean, look at River Landers. She plays... The same amount of time as Megan McGow is coming off the bench, so they just split it, and they're so deep and tough to handle. But I'll say it again: I mean, you watch Martin Luther, and I'm watching him. I'm like, how is this team 0-3, and they're gonna go to 0-4 with the loss tonight? They have some lulls here and there, but the backcourt duty, uh, duty. Uh, my words are terrible; I can't speak. There we the go. The backcourt duo <laughs> of Lydia Fate and Jordan Heckendorf. Really good. I there's not many in the league that are better than those two when they're on and they're scoring. They're a threat to make jump shots, they're a threat getting downhill. Both have really good speed and can do some things defensively. So it's like they got pieces, they got other experience going on. Emma Nelson had a great night. So I look at Martin Luther still wide in the eye test, which we're gonna get to this more in a moment and kinda, you know, you can say my nights and it won't be the worst thing where I'm going to have to defend a loss again so I'm not going to say anything more with Martin Luther but a fascinating battle again between the Knights and the Eagles
0: yeah no I don't have a whole lot to uh, add on this one I mean it's a good win for Northwestern listen they took care of business at the end of the day that's what matters and they got oh, yeah. the win and they get to 4-0 so so it's a good start to the weekend for them And uh, then they would uh, get ready for that big one on Saturday. So we'll get to that in a minute. Uh, Going back to Friday. Okay. So this was a big storyline coming into the weekend, Minnesota Morris. Were they going to turn it around finally? You know, uh, I mean, Paul and Tim, their brothers over there. So when we had him uh, on the podcast and he, he was talking about how much he talks to him. I think you asked the question, how often do you, uh, you know, you two talk to each other, bounce off of Diaz. You know, he said he he had a feeling and everybody did. They're going to turn it around, you, you know, over there and, they kind of did this weekend. They got a nice win on Friday and uh, did a lot of really good things, including out rebounding Northland forty-three to twenty-three, Ryan. Yeah. Ooh, padlock stat. <laughs> padlock stat that one. That's that's a that's a dub almost uh, ten times out of ten if you're out rebounding your opponent that bad. So uh they dominated the glass in this one. Northland also shot 15 for 72. Uh, hey, Miranda Wagner, appreciate that you're getting 22 shots up, so keep doing it. That's big for the fantasy <laughs> squad. Uh, obviously not her greatest game as far as making they the shots her well, go. Though. Yeah, Yeah, give, give no, they, Morris credit. And yeah. Morris knew it was an important weekend is kind of how, how I look at this with the results and how it went down. So uh good win for them, and uh, like I said, I think they, they're starting to turn it around a little bit.
1: Yeah, not to poo-poo on the parade because it is a big win and it's a convincing win for your first UMAC win at home in your first home game. So you don't have to apologize for any of that. But something that's continued to be a storyline, unfortunately, for Morris White, I mean, it jumps off the yeah. page. I know they won big. But 26 turnovers. Yeah. They've had multiple, multiple games of 20-plus turnovers. So...
0: That's, that's something weird. that
1: they're going to continue to preach on in practice. What's you know, weird, why?
0: Well, what's weird about it is it's not like one or two people either. Like everybody's doing it. Like there's yes. there's everybody that plays has yep. got one or two at least every single game. It seems like so. Yeah, I I don't know why why that is, but that is something long term they got to clean up. Obviously, it didn't hurt them here or this weekend, but long term that's that's got to get cleaned up. Like you said. Yep. So they get the win there on Friday. Congrats to the Cougars. Northland uh, would drop to 1-3 and three with that loss. Then you had North Central hosting Bethany, and this was probably the game of the night on the women's side on Friday night. And North Central, they just keep on chopping, doing what they need to do. Huge fourth quarter, and they come from behind to get this win I think it was mia Mbang hit the big shot down the stretch i gotta go back and look again but she hit a huge three i want to say yeah to take the lead with 30 seconds left and then they were able to uh put a layup in with 10 seconds and and that was basically the game they went at 65 to 60 and they uh, end this game on a nine to one run uh, in the final 221 so they close it out and get the win Uh big win for north central is this more about North Central or more about Bethany? That's kind of the question I always like to keep asking when we go over these matchups. What's it say? Does it say more about the winning team or the losing team?
1: Great question. Uh, (laughs) I'm thinking too about uh, Bethany and what they did on Saturday against Northwestern, but I think it says a lot about North Central and, um, you know, some of these top tier matchups. And, you know, I was, not totally correct. I'll just put it that way, Wyatt, with some of the things that I said, uh preseason coming in and we'll uh still wait to see what happens with
0: uh, hey. North Central in the wrong
1: long run. But
0: I, I appreciate you being willing to bring that up here. So Yeah.
1: What what's interesting to me when I look at this, Wyatt, they went small for uh, a lot of the game. Caitlin Vanderplug had foul issues against Northwestern last weekend. Okay, this next game, she doesn't have foul issues, but she only plays seventeen minutes. So Coach Zabla seen something where it's just like, nope. I mean, we need more guard play. Bryce Brewster off the bench, the freshman out of Burnsville, plays 29 minutes. So I don't know what could there is to thing. that.
0: Could, could just be a yeah. matchup thing in this particular matchup. You never know.
1: For sure. What I do like, though, is Mabane and Telso combined only are off the floor for three minutes. Because to me, yeah. they are the straws that have to, you know, Stir the, Stir drink. the collective yeah, yep. drink, mm-hmm. that is, for the Rams office. Thank you. I, I, I got all these things in my head tonight, but I just I can't spit it. been
0: a long day for you. has been Your a long head's weekend. probably still hurting from, from, from the game you were at. Yep. Again, yeah, yeah you had thing. a lot going on. Yep. It's okay. <laughs>
1: <laughs> so, anyway, it, it's an impressive win for North Central, and I'm going to get to some more questions uh, on Bethany here in a moment, Wyatt, but it's tough when you only shoot 19% from deep on the road and just 30% from the field, and then to add on top of that, you lose the rebounding battle as well. I mean, those three added together, yeah, going to be tough to win. So, I mean, they did force 21 turnovers, so that, that keeps you alive, but they're trying to figure it out on the fly, and right now, with just some of the roster turnover, Wyatt, I mean, I think you can argue a lot of teams, maybe even including North Central, they they just got more options to go to than Bethany. So they needed to make plays late. You're right. I mean, the game is up for grabs down the stretch, and Mabane makes a huge shot and, you know, had some clutch gene in her like she Mm -hmm. did at Northwestern. And that's huge for someone who's just a freshman to be playing that well for North Central.
0: What do we always say, Ryan, when, when it comes to, to players and, and elite players in this conference and people with volume, we say shooters shoot. Yeah. Did you see Mia Banks' stat line?
1: Shooters shoot, though. I mean, Two she's Two of only... 11
0: from deep, but yep. she, which means she was one for 10 before she hit the one to go ahead with 30 seconds left. That didn't bother her. She yep. knew she was going to get Short it. Short memory, the exactly. That says Amen. a lot about her as a player. So that's that's something yeah. I think that needs to be brought to light and just recognized. So good for her to be able to do that and get the win from North Central. So yeah, good win for them. I'm sure we'll have more to say about Bethany as we get into their game Saturday against Northwestern. So from one and more about
1: North Central,
0: yes, their Saturday result was interesting as well. So. It was. So we talked about Mabang and Telso as like a one-two punch, and they're on the court a long time. But is Maddie Hecox, along with Mackenzie Latsky, and I know specifically like Latsky didn't necessarily play that great in this game, shooting and all that, but uh, are they the best one-two punch in this conference, arguably, when they're on their game? I mean, we've seen what they've been able to do, and Hecox had a big game, 18 points. They get a huge win over Superior, and Superior's perfect record is gone. I did not see this one coming, and uh, obviously you didn't either, Ryan. Big,
1: big. Big surprise for so many people looking around the conference, and it didn't exactly pan out in this game. But we saw it last weekend, Wyatt, in Crowns win. Who is that over um, Morris? Uh, I was trying to remember that in their first UMAC win, where it was a big game for Latsky. And Heacock's had a good game as well, but not as good from deep. It kind of flipped in this one. Yeah. I mean, it doesn't always add up in the stats, but. You know, you could call them the Splash Sisters. I mean, are they the splashiest
0: of the Splash Sister duos in the UMAC? <laughs> I I don't know. I, I I don't know. That was good. You the just way asked you, me. You said the are you they they the best those. backcourt duo? So and I have not been able to come to a decision on it yet. I was curious <laughs> okay, if you we'll have. have I need to see. More, I need to see more games from them. When when they're at their best, I think actually you probably could say they are. In, in my opinion, with what we've seen them do. Because I, I look around, I, I don't know who else I could put up against them besides the two I just yep. mentioned from North Central. Northwestern's so balanced, it's more than just one or two. Like yep. I, I feel like that's kind of the main two like that are going up against each other. And, and I, at this point, I'd give it to Crown, maybe recency bias, but just based on what they were able to do this weekend.
1: Yeah, and in celebration of their good start, and we'll get to their second matchup in a moment, but they're 3-2 and two in UMAC play, I mean to the whack next time crown supporters print the t-shirts splash sisters okay I mean Mm -hmm. come on you can make some money off of that anyway uh yeah i I like to see it you know a combined 26 field goal attempts in this one I'm gonna stop talking about the offense though Wyatt holding superior to 25 percent from the field in this ball game and under 50 points to give your offense a chance to win the game I mean how about the job from head coach Bridgeport Tussler, in his first season, Wyatt. How many people would have told you that they would win three of their first five UMAC games and that they would have a five-game winning streak, which, by the way, is the longest one right now in the conference? I mean, what a job after you had a really promising head coach leave for another team. They're still making things happen and saying, like, hey, we are on the way up in women's basketball.
0: Early candidate for coach of the year.
1: Absolutely, he's a candidate. Uh, for I sure. mean, with
0: with the parity that we have had this year, and just with the way the standings are right now, I mean, obviously Northwestern's in, in a league of their own. kind of, Carpenter, but, but they're cons- they're in the scenario too. You, you, yep. you know how well you know how we like to look at this first year yes. head coaches, and just like if you can have success, and it's not always about necessarily the best team. And, and, and at everything. least we don't think it should be. Yeah, Maybe exactly. The EMAC
1: disagrees, but that's our
0: opinion on it. Again, <laughs> we're not saying someone's more worthy than another person, or what's going to happen. But he's absolutely in the discussion if not the front runner it's an amazing job and for crown to have a winning record at this point in conference play i, w- I would have never guessed that so congratulations yep. the Polars.
1: absolutely huge win at the whack do mean, you think do you think they could rumors do this are if they it was were a great storm? crowd or is no, it because they're the pollers the the they, they made the change
0: I, and look at what's happening it's all about the vibes
1: 231 people inside the whack well done at least hey. that's according to what I'm looking at right now. so
0: Love to see it. Love to see it. So as we go to Saturday, and we'll have more to say about Superior here uh, with the weekend, uh, here with the Saturday result, where do you want to start? We, we flipped it last time when we started from the bottom working let's up. Let's just the,
1: stay where we are. I mean, we're talking we'll about the whack, whack and yeah. what's going like on there.
0: Let, let's just stay there. So they carry over the success, and they beat Northland. And, and this was one that uh, they, they were actually down in, in the first. They come back and have a strong... Really finished from the the start of the second on the last thirty minutes. It, it was a solid performance all around. It looks like, and they get another win. And uh, again, Maddie Hecox. I mean, is she gonna challenge Lexi Hagen for conference player of the year if she keeps this up? And and if Crown keeps winning, she's gonna be in the discussion. I feel like. But they also had five players in double figures. Ryan, incredible.
1: Just fantastic. And I mean, I talk about their defense being the headliner to do enough to slow down Superior and win that game. They say, ah, we're going to do it another way. How many times have we said it on both the men's side and the woman's side, Wyatt, recording tonight and in other podcasts as well? When you prove you can win multiple different ways, that's a sign of a really good team. Crown did it in two games this weekend on full display at the WAC. And like you mentioned, I mean, the balance hecox martius sager latsky thompson all in double figures and it feels like they just got enough of a group wide they're not a super deep team i mean we do have to mention that but hecox and latsky continue to put up shots one of them at least is on each and every night it doesn't always happen in unison it did pretty good in this game latsky only shot the ball six times wyatt but she found a way to get to the free throw line and get in double figures job well done hecox only shoots the ball eight times there are two players who shoot more than those two Wyatt write that down because there are so many times this season already and I don't think it's even going to necessarily happen again Wyatt where there will be two players that out field goal attempt both hecox and Latsky they still find a way though with Martius and Thompson both putting up 10 shots they're also in double figures to go on with hecox and Latsky and I mean, what a get for Coach Tussler. I'd like to talk to him about that, getting the transfer Hecox. I mean, how how did you get her over to Crown? And how massive has she been? And when we look down the stretch this year and think about a potential team in the tournament that's an upset candidate, a squad that you don't want to see in late February, could it be the Crown College Pollers that you do not want to see?
0: Absolutely. Absolutely. If they keep playing like this, it's impressive what they've done. They're, They're certainly the surprise team of the year. And again, with a lot of parity, that's that's not an easy decision by any means. But to me, they're the surprise team of the year by far with, with what they've been able to do. So it's fun to watch. Good, clo-
1: good close of the game too, Wyatt. I mean, their best yeah? quarter was the fourth quarter, and they did a lot at the line to ice the well, game, don't get me wrong. But it's a five-point game going into the fourth.
0: Look, you get points any way you can, Ryan. You, you, don't, oh, have yeah. you don't have to apologize for p- that. And, Amen. and they, they did a good job of knocking down free throws when they needed to. So,
1: Well, and, and shout-out, though, your number one overall pick. Bounce-back performance for number 11. Yeah, hey. didn't leave the floor twenty five point seven boards.
0: We like to see that. Is it is it too little, too late though? O- overall, with just the way, or, or on the women's side actually, I was in front. It's the men's side that I'm struggling yeah. with. So I oh, got the women's. The women's
1: is wide open. I mean, we'll yeah, get yeah, to yeah. fantasy maybe in a moment, but it is a really close one right now. So
0: yeah, no, li- like to see it. That's for sure. So uh, it, it, that that was definitely a huge weekend for Crown, maybe a disappointing weekend for Northland, I guess, if you want to look at it that way. But again, certainly a long ways to go still uh, this year. Then we had the game that you called, Northwestern and Bethany. And again, I'd like to hear your thoughts from this one. Northwestern, I'm sure the atmosphere again was rocking. They came ready to play. And honestly, was, was there any doubt? from the start of this one Ryan I'm curious I mean they never really trailed in this game uh, I gotta check quick actually did they trail at any point outside of just literally 3-0 to zero? They, they didn't did they
1: yeah they let Bethany just get a little bit of a lead and then they said okay <laughs> we're cru- gonna take over for <laughs>
0: and crush so. their souls basically <laughs> so yeah they they literally hit a 3 their first possession and the Northwestern yep. leads the rest of the way uh, how impressive is Northwestern is it their conference to lose at this point Ryan
1: I think it is now I was saying what you were saying before Ah, uh, I don't know Especially with what happened with some other teams and we're going to get to more on on that in just a moment. It absolutely is I think with where they've positioned themselves now in the standings. Yeah, they got to go on the road. Okay, they've held serve at home. It's a really young team. How do they handle a long near month road trip? I mean, that is a big question with this team, but I don't know how you can't like what you're seeing. White, I give a ton of credit to a coaching staff that's had a little bit of turnover. And Coach Cole, you know, in talking with him back in October, I don't know if you remember that conversation, but he was saying for UNW supporters and big-time UMAC supporters, you're going to see some differences schematically with our squad. And he's going to have to be a little more hands-on with some things after his longtime assistant, Tyler Schmidt, leaves the program and is no longer coaching. Kyle Yost in his first year has done a really good job for Northwestern taking over some of those things that Tyler left off, and they found a way, I don't know what it is, to get the message across, especially to the Eagles at home. Another great first quarter. Right off the bat, they're ready to roll. There's no slow start. And then third quarters have been fantastic for them. I mentioned what they did to start the third quarter and really get it going eventually against that zone against Martin Luther on Friday night another huge third quarter 24 points the offense got going for both sides actually lots of fans including myself honestly in that gym were like okay here we go it was a defensive struggle for some uh stretches of the first half that changed uh in the third quarter and it was never really in doubt and I totally agree with what you mentioned on that I mean it's the balance scoring again that's what six out nobody scored more than 11 points but they don't need any more than that they got two 11s they got a 10 they got two nine they got a six a seven a couple fours I mean just spreading the love all around the horn and you know Megan McGow continues to be a story what does she do now back as a player she's coming off the bench and she's not forced to do a lot which is nice for Northwestern White yeah she's back but it's not like okay you got to be the Robbie of old and you got to play a ton of minutes and you got to put up big numbers no but it doesn't even matter because she doesn't need to do that much and there's so many intangibles that she provides as well so very impressive. I mean, there's still players that can still grow more. I still feel like the best is still to come for Grace Landvik, and you know, yes. hopefully things are going in mm-hmm. the right direction with her. But she's only going to get better, in my opinion. And you got players like Riley Hershey, again, being super efficient off the bench. So I'll shut up, Wyatt. But Bethany, I mean, over on their end, it's just tough. Well, I, mean, I was going to
0: say, I, I want your thoughts on Bethany, so I don't want you to shut up. I want you to talk yep. about them a little bit. Can they do it without Meyer in the rotation? Because there's obviously slack that has to be picked up and and where does it come from it looks like uh they got a little bit off the bench and and i don't want to pronounce it wrong trig i'm just assuming is is how you say that so seven for ten from the field coming off the bench i mean they're going to need more of that moving forward if they want to make any kind of noise but can they pick up that slack from the absence of meyer moving forward to be uh, a real threat i guess in, in the big picture
1: yeah, it's a great question, Wyatt. And, I mean, on Trigg, it still counts. You can't take it away from her. But three, if not four of those buckets that she had were within the last five minutes where the game was you know, basically decided at sure. that point. Yeah, it's not just Haley Meyer, but it's uh, Taryn Christensen as well, an upperclassman that is no longer with the squad. So it's tough sledding for them. I'm I, Sorry, I don't know what other way to put it. There's just not a lot that they do that defense is – I want to say this in as polite way as possible. They're easier to defend than they used to once be. And obviously from last year, not having Hannah Geisfeld anymore, yeah. but now with those two starters out of the picture as well. I mean, if you just watch them, there's no getting around it. I'm not trying to be mean. I think Coach Jones and his staff would admit the same thing with what Bethany has to offer now offensively. From watching Northwestern play Martin Luther Friday night to Bethany on Saturday, again, I again we're going to get to more on them in a second, and you can joke and call it my nights. But Martin Luther poses more of a threat, I think, at least offensively right now than Bethany does. Wow. That's just the reality. And I'm the biggest thing I was surprised at in this game, Wyatt, it took a while for Ashley Schindel to just get a shot attempt. And then throughout the game, I'm just like, would they maybe create something more for her? She's a good spot-up shooter, but I just felt like she needed to do more. Skylar Cotton was pretty good in some spot-up positions, but she fouled out early in the fourth. So it just, they never really had a rhythm. It was a frustrating day. And you can tell, this is the last thing I'm going to say on Bethany, I'm always fascinated to watch how coaches are engaged into a game. I mean, on the other side for Bethany, you know, on the men's side, Coach Garvin is so, so into it and constantly, you know, talking to officials, his players, whatnot, He was not happy with some of the refing in the first half. We can maybe talk about that off the mic. But Coach Jones is one who's normally very engaged as well, talking from the sideline. It's the most I've ever seen him sit and just quietly discuss things with his assistant. I'm not acting like he's giving up and he thinks all hope is lost or anything, but his demeanor, drastically different from what I've seen in the past to how he was acting on the sideline in this one against Northwestern from the Erickson Center. So well, and, just something uh, interesting to me. Yeah,
0: no, well, the question I would have for you on that too is, do you think for them, because everything's been centered for, for the last couple of years around Hannah Geisfeld, right? And, I mean, just the you know their entire offense, what they want to do. Not only do you think it's been a learning curve maybe for some of the players that have been on the team here in recent years, do you think it's maybe a bit of a challenge for Coach Jones and they haven't quite gotten it Mm -hmm. figured out yet? I mean, to me, that's probably the most realistic reason why it's kind of going the way it is right now.
1: Indeed, Wyatt. That's a great observation that coaches got to learn on the fly with this stuff as well and just look at their group and just say, okay, how do we get – shots that are quality what do we do that can push the defense to a point where we can get some open looks and just try to find a way to generate something because again there just felt like there was no real rhythm and sure they knocked down a three ball here or there but it i don't want to say it was by accident because there were some good looks that they hit and found a way in that third quarter to you know keep within shouting distance of northwestern i think you're totally right though coach Jones and his assistant trying to figure out, okay, life after Hannah. Players are trying to figure it out, but we're still trying to figure out how to put them in the best position. So, yeah, going below 500 now with two losses on the weekend to North Central and Northwestern. They got to do some soul searching. It's tough. I don't know the last time Bethany's been 2-3 and Wyatt in UMAC play at this point and really saying, like, we don't know when it's going to really start to turn the other way. They're still very much in the thick of it, and we'll see what they figure out now with this new group. But, yeah, lots of question marks.
0: We'll see if they're in our Cs or Ps, I guess, when we get to that no. here in just a little bit. We do got to keep it moving, though. We spent a <laughs> lot yeah, of time there. So, so let's get to Morris. They beat Superior on Saturday, sixty-one fifty-one. So on a scale of 1 to 10. How disappointing of a weekend was this for Superior in, in your mind, Ryan? Because th- this was a good chance for them to prove something. They had a lot to play for. It's been such a great start to the year. A- and then this happens. So so you, you, you drop back. It's almost like you go backwards a little bit. Scale of 1 to 10. Where, where are you ranking that disappoint- disappointment from this weekend?
1: Yeah, I'm going to say it's like a 7.4741 So it's disappointing. It's not the sky is falling, but there was an opportunity. I like you using that word that definitely was there, that was missed, and you lose both games, and Northwestern continues to hum along. And so now you're looking up and saying, wow, we thought maybe it would uh, be a little more on the line. Not that there isn't a lot on the line for that matchup that is going to be a really good one to you know look for coming forward here I think it's on Friday night I want to say yeah out in Superior when they're hosting Northwestern and we were talking about in the last pod could this be two five and oh teams yeah no it's not so that feels a lot different and yeah what would you say on a scale of one to ten how much of a disappointment was it for the jackets this weekend. Why
0: I'd even go a little bit higher. I'd be around, I mean, eight and a half to nine, because you know, to go on two. obviously they still have a winning record and there's still a lot that they can accomplish in front of them, but it's not easy to to lose two games. The other thing is it's on the road. So, so you got to factor that into with both games being on the road, but it's still disappointing nonetheless. And, and, I don't understand really either just looking what what's happened to Kaelin Christian recently. A couple of I was games just ask where you. <laughs> just not not in rhythm, I guess, H- hasn't quite had the shot. It's not like she's not playing minutes or, or starting or getting you know a lack of opportunity. So it just hasn't quite been there. I think once she gets it going again, they'll be okay. But uh, right now, they, they just are going through a little bit of a rough patch from this past weekend specifically. Still a lot to like. With the Jackets, no doubt about that. And again, this was also a weekend for Morris to make a statement, play their best basketball, and try to kind of get themselves back into the mix, and they did that. And uh, the turnover's not as bad on Saturday, Ryan, from Friday. So they're moving in the right direction. They only they, had 18 of They won of them. the battle. They, they won were the plus battle. Two. It's probably yep. one of the few times we can say that this year so far with them. So, hey, it's maybe starting to look up for them, too.
1: Yeah, definitely, Why Questions with the Jackets offense. I mean, two performances where they're right about 50 points over the weekend, that's it's going to be tough. And some spots on the road when the other squad is making some things happen offensively. And, you know, shout out to Coach Grove and his club. Not panicking. Tons of veterans on that squad. Yeah, they're 0-3, but don't worry about that. Just Hold serve at home, Wyatt. What do I always tell you? You're not really, really in trouble until you until you start dropping games on your home floor. And they haven't done that. So now. we'll see what happens from here. But they're you know, as our guy John Rostin likes to say, Wyatt, this is a Rostine ism they're in position to be in oh, position. Oh, I
0: love that one. I love that one. That's a good one. That's a good one. It's very relevant for for what we're talking yep. about here too. So I appreciate you digging in deep there to bring that one up. I can I can appreciate Absolutely. that.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, and I mean for Morris, I would say just like what you said, it was improvement. That's good, but continue to improve on that. Taking care of the basketball and then everything's got to start with your defense. So I give them credit for some really good defensive performances this weekend cuz it doesn't feel like Wyatt they're one of those teams you know they can do it but it's not really their MO to say all right let's go out and score 75. They want to win these ball games where they're scoring near 60 60 plus and you know if I were to tell you coming into this matchup Wyatt as I look at our predictions here and I just want to make sure yeah indeed you did take superior um in this game on Saturday, no, you didn't. You no, actually took say, Morris. Wait, I was looking at the wrong day. Wait, we both took Morris, so we we both were are all over this. But yeah, a double digit win still against they didn't just win. They won handily. I mean that's that's huge for Morris.
0: It is. They they they're like I said, still a threat like we thought they could be at the beginning of the year, and they're showing that. Even though they got off to a slow start, they their best uh, their best basketball is still in front of them as the season's going to move along.
1: One more, Wyatt.
0: Yeah. Hey, you Downtown you. Know what? You know what? This this is an interesting one because it was the team that at the beginning of the year you didn't have a lot of faith in, and then it was the team you just recently, I don't want to say abandoned, but, you know, there's questions about them. And uh, Martin Luther, they, they did what they could to almost uh, blow a huge lead. I mean, they're up at halftime, 35-19. to 19. North Central claws bag makes this a five-point loss. But Martin Luther does hang on to get the win. Is this the most surprising result of the uh, weekend?
1: I would still say crown is more, and sure. that could just be sure. the bias that I have <laughs> towards no. Martin Luther. Hey, if you want to put it that
0: way, but that's fine. I'm just I want you to be honest, so that's that's totally fine. I just think, especially with North Central getting the win from the night before, do you think they just were in a letdown spot? I mean, you only put up 54 points. How does that happen in a game like this?
1: Well, Wyatt, I think they all had too much corn on the cob before the game, and I don't need to put anything on good corn on the cob, forget it, but they didn't wipe the butter off their hands. 27 turnovers. Yeah. 27. Yeah. What's going on? What's going on? What happened?
0: I wish I had the answers for you. I. It's hard to explain. It, it really is. You just cannot afford – to have 27 turnovers. I mean, so,
1: credit to Martin Luther, though. They, they had a stretch against Northwestern Friday night that I can't speak to with their 1-3-1 where the Eagles had a four or five-minute stretch where they were giving the basketball away. You know, so they are capable.
0: Something's interesting here. It says 27 turnovers. It says the team had four, which tells me they either had four or three seconds in the lane called against them for five-second violations, you know, stuff like that, where, where you don't necessarily give it to a specific player. You know what I mean? So... I guess I'm not.
1: Oh yeah, yeah at the bottom. I know. Yeah. I see what you. You know what mean. I yeah, mean? Because, because for yep.
0: instance, if I have the basketball and you get called for three seconds in the lane, Ryan, I ain't taking that turnover for you. That 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 better yep. be on you or the team. I better not get pinned for that one. So, wait, 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 wait. So I'm the guy who's not moving in this scenario. That In this like, scenario, you're like posting me. up inside, you know, to try and <laughs> try and get the layup. I'm the three-point shooter out on the perimeter. But either way, it's not going to go against either of us. I guess is what I'm trying to say. Sure. So, so they had four of those. That seems kind of interesting i don't know if there's anything to that or or not but still
1: 23 though regardless i mean yeah Mubain and telso
0: combined for nine turnovers that's that's tough i think you just gotta give a lot of credit to martin luther you, you know oh, you're absolutely oh and, and four in conference you're coming Wait. on the road against a team that's been one of the hottest teams in the umac this year and and you come into their house and, and you blitz them right away and, and come away with the win that's huge for them you know and they're
1: sticking to it why they're treading water you know how you're taught as a young kid, like, all right, you got to go out in the deep end and you got to tread yep. water for mm-hmm. three and a half minutes. And those swimming lessons, it's like, oof, like, this is tough. Like, you know, I'm only a fourth grader, fifth grader, but this is one of the toughest things I've ever done. I don't know why I'm going back to that. But anyway, you have an saying, okay
0: experience with swimming <laughs> lessons, Ryan, or, yeah, it was, or was, great. It, was it, it was, was, great. Kind of, was, was it a tough time? I'm, I'm, I'm worried about you a little bit no, here.
1: Absolutely loved it. Uh, no, back on track. Apologize for that. So, you're in this moment, though, where you're just saying, can we just keep our head above water for just a little bit longer, just a little bit longer, maybe we'll get a reprieve. This victory is validation
0: yeah. from
1: what I've been saying, Wyatt. Okay, like a win like this at the defending champs, who would have thought? I mean, I should have picked them. How did I not see this anyway?
0: I, yeah. Uh, I
1: uh, took, uh, took North Central. So. I would have
0: never thought regardless of what would have happened the first four games of conference play that you would have picked – you know, North Central. I would have never thought you would have picked North Central in this game. This was the perfect time yeah. for you to take the Knights.
1: Uh, I wish I could have seen it coming. Uh, it's, it's tough. It's, it's tough. impressive. But, hey. no, and shout out to, to Heckendorf, yep. mm-hmm. you know, for being dynamite and not missing a single foul shot. Yeah, they wish they could have knocked down more shots, period. It wasn't a good day at all from deep, and they didn't even shoot 30% from the field. But they found a way to win because of their defense, and that's that's an anomaly. I'm going to say it straight up. I mean, North Central, I'm sure, played good defense, so, you know, job well done to them. Seeing them in person, Wyatt, that's not them, all right? That's not their identity to shoot one of 13 from deep and not even 30% from the field. So I'm just telling you, put that in your back pocket, Wyatt. It's not happening again this season. Book it. Okay. Martin Luther will not shoot under 30% I, again this season.
0: I don't even have to book it or write it down. We have it. That's the best part about this. We'll have the audio for, for the rest of the way. We can we can pull it up if we need to. But uh My nights, I'm still on. I never jumped jumped off hey, of it. The bandwagon's full now, Ryan, <laughs> but you're welcome to run alongside if you'd like. Okay? Wait,
1: wait, wait. They got a full bandwagon, they their got a one full and four bandwagon. in their one in four new Mac play. I think people can jump on Wyatt. If hey. if people want to jump on, email it and say, I'm jumping on. I think okay. there's well, Get, for a we'll,
0: we'll get the Knights bandwagon roll and email us, which we'll get to that in, in just a little bit when we wrap the episode. But here, here's the last question I'll have. And, and the only reason I bring this up is because you mentioned the defense and you got to give them credit. And uh, you do. You, you shut North uh, Central down to 54 points. That's a big deal. But overall. And maybe this is because I've seen the NFL playoff games this weekend, and I've seen some of the scores people put up. Whether it's football, basketball, whatever, does defense still win championships at this point, or is this is this an offensive thing now? At this point, I'm just curious.
1: Uh, I think it's trending that way in the NFL playoffs. I hear you with that. It maybe is trending that way more for basketball, but I don't think it's going in that direction at as fast of a pace. Like it sure. still matters some because I. I look at Northwestern on the men's side. Their defense was a huge reason they won that. There's no way they, they win that well, game if they don't defend I, their face off like I they did against that. their they, three-point shooting. I understand that
0: they still gave up 79, though. I mean, their options had to score 83 to win the game.
1: Very true. It's it's not the era we used to live in. You're right. The pendulum is beginning to swing in that direction, and Yeah. Tough day for the NFL playoffs. The Bengals won. Oh,
0: the dang. Bengals did win. I, I didn't want to have to bring that up. So who's your new favorite team that's left? Because the Vikings go uh, down. Now the Ravens go down. I mean, it's the Bills, right? How, how are the Bills. Bills. How are the Great Bills story. not going to win it? The NFL won't let them lose, quite frankly, <laughs> after what happened. They're winning hey, the Super Bowl. Thompson almost They're, pulled
1: something. The, so.
0: the, the Bills are winning the Super Bowl. I am willing to proclaim Bills it Niners. Right now. Bills I, that's Niners. That's kind of what I'm rooting for. That feels like a great I, matchup, doesn't it? I will tell you this much. I hope, and I don't think it's going to happen, but I hope the Giants go in there and beat the Eagles next oh, week. Come on. I can't stand Philly. That, I'd rather shoot. It kind of
1: make me more upset. I, I, I was hoping. That Daniel Jones is not going to do to them what he did to the
0: Vikings. I was hoping the Vikings were going to win, and then the Cowboys or the Bucks could go beat the the Philly yep. Eagles, you know. But, yeah, whatever. Yep. It is what it is. Anyways, we don't need to talk about that. That's <laughs> it for this one. we got to get our season peas now, okay, on the women's side. Yeah. Are you ready? So, I Oof. am very curious. I don't think it's as clear cut as it was on the men's side. You mentioned we were going to have three each, which I got it down to three again on the women's side. Did did you get it to three or or do you have a different number?
1: Why don't you go first and then I'll. You're thinking I'll do. about it still, <laughs> <laughs> trying to figure out. Okay, they're, well they're more jumbled on this side. Wide, I, I, I think agree. It's a little more complicated.
0: I agree. Northwestern's a contender. I, I think we both really? agree with that. So I don't. Tell me I don't, why. Yeah, you know I I don't think there's any reason. You watch them play, uh, you know all their home games, so you you would agree with that. So I think we each can get that one out of the way for obvious reasons. This is where it gets interesting. I'm going to put Superior as a contender still. Okay. Even with the 0-2 weekend, I still think just, not again, deterred, okay. I'm not. And, again, I think Christian gets it going again a little bit. The losses weren't anything to be too – they weren't that eye-opening with, like, a specific way they lost or, you know, how it went. It's respectable. And so I still think with their – their mindset and with Coach Carpenter and just what they can do. I still think they're a contender. Big showdown coming up this weekend, which we'll talk about on the preview pod. They can make a huge statement. So I'm going to say they're a contender still. And then the third one, and this again, they're, they're all jumbled. Uh, if I could only pick a third one, I'd pick Minnesota Morris right now. Oh, uh, I would. Okay. I, I know you're thinking they're two and three, but here's the deal. Nothing's changed from the beginning of the year as far as what we thought they might have there. The roster is still what we thought it would be. They're still capable of beating anybody, I think, in the conference on any given night, which, I, I mean, you can say that about a lot of teams, but not every single team. And I still think their best basketball is in front of them, Ryan. I, I really do. I, I think this was a sign of what's to come. Just imagine when they do get the turnover bug figured out a little bit and uh, can can get that rolling. So I think Morris would be the third team again. It's really close. With a lot of other teams, and realistically, you probably could pick six of them to be contenders to win the whole thing. But, again, I limited myself to three for this specific segment and what we were going to do. So those those would be the three I would have right now. And, again, we may have to redo this in a couple of weeks and, and, and switch it around. But at this moment in time, those are, are, are the three teams.
1: Yeah, that's pretty good logic with all those. And remember, I keep beating the dead horse, but Morris is in a good spot because— They've held serve at home. And they're going to break serve at some point Why? I mean, they're a really good returner. They're making it really tough and getting balls back in play and forcing long rallies. So they're going to break serve at 1.2 later on in the season. So, yeah, uh, Northwestern, I I agree. Obviously, like you said earlier, Superior is interesting because did we see more of a true reflection of who they are this weekend or was that more, you know, as one of our guys would like to say, trend? Or mirage. You'd say it's a mirage based on what you said. Like that is not going to be something consistent in the future, correct? Like you think the trend is more so what we've seen before this weekend.
0: Hold up a second. You got to rephrase that, or <laughs> I, I'm I'm a little lost. It could be because we've been on for a while, and and but but for some reason I didn't understand that.
1: So you're saying what we saw this past weekend with superior was a mirage meaning the opposite of trend what they've done earlier this year is what you're more confident in moving forward
0: yes and it's funny because it's the opposite for morris like what i so so it is and i know that might be contradicting myself a little bit maybe but (laughs) each team is different they're their own team And, and again Roster-wise, and just what we have here with these teams, that was a big reason too. Is superior. There, there were no bad losses. I mean, I understand you'd like to get wins this week, and nothing really stood out from that standpoint, though, where it was extremely alarming to me.
1: Yep. I just think of how okay, it it's big now and it's huge for Northwestern. I don't think they would have ever guessed if you asked Coach Call and his assistants coming into the weekend. Yeah, you're still going to be unbeaten in UMAC play, and you're going to have a two-game cushion on everyone. Like, that is huge that Superior didn't just lose one but lost two, and especially Superior because the Eagles have the tiebreakers over Crown and North Central, but not Superior yet because they don't play them until Friday night. So I'm just thinking ahead. Superior, I mean, they could go 1-1 and or 0-2 again this weekend, Wyatt. Yes, they're at home. They could go 2-0 and for all I know, but you play the undefeated Eagles – You've already dropped two straight. It could be three straight to four, three and three. And then you very well likely could see a North Central squad that's four and two in the same record that you are. And you've lost four straight games desperately trying to pick up a win against the North Central squad that's also four and two. So uh, talk about, I mean, we're going to talk about this on the preview pop, but a huge weekend for Superior. After this upcoming weekend, they could be five and two. Three and four, or four and three, and I could see all of them as being plausible.
0: That's what we love about the league this year. Is there's so many different outcomes, and we've already seen it through the first five games for everybody. Anybody th- theoretically could beat anybody on any given night. Maybe with one or two exceptions here or there. But it's it's just it's so much fun not knowing what's going to happen. Yeah, the top to bottom
1: feels tighter for sure on the woman's side, I would say. Even with Northland and Martin Luther, they can do some things, especially Martin Luther. You know, Lydia Fight had a bad game on Saturday, and they still were able to beat North Central. I mean, I think they got the guard play to compete with some teams. So, okay, I got Northwestern, like I said. Have I said anyone from there? I just said, are they the only C I've said?
0: Yeah, I think so. There's a lot of talking. Do I have just, to say more just than just one,
1: one or are are there <laughs> seven pretenders and only one contender?
0: If that's realistically, <laughs> I would say at the most have three contenders just for the sake of, you know, having to make you think. If you only want to pick yeah. one, you can. I just I think that'd be very
1: interesting. Yeah, you could go that direction, but I'm not going to do it. I'm going to have Morris just cuz I think uh what we saw with them versus northwestern on the second day umac play it they're not going to turn the ball over that many times again in such a big spot at least i don't see it and they're going to find a way to continue to get better defensively so especially with their experience i think they're going to continue to get better like you mentioned i think those two are on a different tier than the rest of them if they're playing at their best even though you got Crown, North Central, and Superior all at 3-2. and So, I don't know. It's so tough. I haven't seen Superior a lot this year. Like, it's tough for me to actually comment on them. I don't feel like North Central's there because I don't know if they can string something together for a whole game and even at or near their best. I don't think it's at that level it needs to be to cut down the Nets. I'm gonna say the two true contenders are Morris and Northwestern. I'm gonna stop at two. Call me crazy.
0: All right, hey, that's that's your right. You you have the right. We may have to revisit this, like I said. Yep. Moving forward, but you're and Crown me... saying
1: where's the love? They've won five in a row and by tiebreakers somehow.
0: It's a well, great not story. even somehow.
1: They just they are they're second right now. They would be hosting a playoff game, right? How about that? The Crown Men's hey. Squad, who was in the ship last year's 1-1 game, and your women's team will host a playoff game in the WAC. How about them apples?
0: That's exactly how we saw it playing out at the beginning of yep. the year. This is where we thought they would both be. So it's, it's a great story. It's one of those things, I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, and you don't obviously either see them actually lifting the trophy at the end of the year, but it's still a great story. And if they continue to do what they're doing and sustain it, then maybe we can have a different discussion about it.
1: Yeah, and you know, they can say we still get a team like Northwestern in our building. We've been really good in the WAC. Can we continue to win there and hold serve and maybe get a few on the road? I mean, you could have multiple teams with four plus losses fighting for the number two spot in the UMAC easily. I mean, maybe even five losses gets you the number two seed. And I don't know if Northwestern is just going to run away and hide with this thing, but I would agree with you why. This weekend told us that it is the Eagles' to lose, and it honestly feels like yeah. they're on a different tier than everyone else. Would you yeah. believe it if I told you I almost put Martin Luther in the C's category, or would you say that? No, you're,
0: you're actually... I don't believe that. that. <laughs> no, I don't. I, I would not believe that for a second, so... Not okay, you didn't even enough. have me didn't even have me <laughs> thinking about it at all. So uh, yeah, that's all I got. If if that's all you got for this one, uh, again, a lot to break down. We did go a little bit long, but again, there's a lot to really dive into from from the past couple of days. So uh, looking yep. forward to what the next weekend brings. If you want to get involved. Uh, Uao the umac Love to hear from you. And again, if you're hopping on the Martin Luther bandwagon, email us. Let us know that you are riding with Ryan. And hey, there they are start spots. Turning this They start. I disagree.
1: Turning, there are spots.
0: They start turning this thing around. I might hop on too at, at this point. <laughs> Why not? So, uh, let us know. Uh, you can also uh, follow us on Twitter, unlike any other, the UMAC, and uh, we'll post stuff on there, retweet some of the stuff from this past weekend. Great work, Ryan, by the way, staying up to date. You're doing all the behind-the-scenes stuff as usual, so I appreciate that. And, uh, yeah, we will uh, continue to make this journey forward to the conference tournament, which is going to be sooner than you think. So uh, Enjoy with the that, process,
1: Wyatt. Don't rush it. Don't rush it. We'll get there.
0: Yeah, I'm enjoying it. And, and you, you are do you wanna throw out any of the other cliches you have before I sign Should off I? here? That's nah, that's nah. that's your thing before we sign off. So I don't want to take feel, that from you if you I feel like I'm want not to in that. the mood with what happened earlier today. But You're right. No. We just we gotta yeah. end this. We we gotta end it at this point. <laughs> Tough weekend for Vikings all around, including the Minnesota Vikings, and uh, you know, we'll we'll bounce back. We'll be back. It wasn't Kirk's fault. It's the only wasn't. thing I'm gonna say. 100% I love you, Kirk. Now. I
1: love you, eight. Love you. I mean, it, keep your head up. You did your job. Other guys didn't.
0: Both things can be true. It wasn't Kirk's fault, and it was a terrible throw on fourth and eight with the game on the line. So, hey. Eh, that's terrible. That's we yeah, we're not going
1: to get into the all-22,
0: but, yeah. Yep. <laughs> I <don't>, Okay. <laughs> this has been another edition of the Unlike Any Other, the UMAC Podcast. We'll see you later this week for our preview episode coming up for the upcoming weekend.